Holy shnikes. Was that a win for the Nashville Predators? We'll break it down on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day every single day. We are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I want to start out with a special shout out to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us each and every week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at the Hockey News. Today's episode also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Whew. Oh, come Ex- on. Exhale, Ann. <laughs> ah, man. Like, I think I have gone back on Instagram or Twitter and, like, re-watched, like, the, the last minute of that Preds game uh, several, several <laughs> times now. Probably more than any human being should. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those ones you have to go back and watch again and again. It's a little bit like that Pecorino goalie goal. It just fills you with so much joy and and just a touch of disbelief. You have to keep checking in like, did that really happen? Did that really happen? Did it happen that way? Friends, it did. It was real. It was not a dream. The Nashville Predators beat the Colorado Avalanche. Yes. Regulation. And and it's how they did it as well. Uh, running through the game real quick. Uh, Avalanche got the first goal. Philip Forsberg tied it up after that. Preds got an early lead in the second period, but then a couple of goals, uh, including one in the power play, put the Avalanche back ahead. Looked like we were going towards a hard-fought Avalanche win, even though the Preds played very, very well throughout the game. But then came the payoff. Philip Forsberg hammered home a rebound with 37 seconds left to tie the game, and just 15 seconds later, a very, very rare Kale McCarr screw-up leads to Yakov Trenin putting one past Alexander Georgiev. Preds go from a loss to a win in a span of 15 seconds in the third period, a much, much needed 4-3 win over the Colorado Avalanche, and your one word to describe last night's Predators win. My one word is two words because we're rule breakers, if nothing else here. And my two words are bubble wrap. Like I am obsessed with bubble wrap. There is nothing as satisfying to me as popping bubbles on bubble wrap and One of my favorite memories with my grandmother was visiting my sister and we sat on the couch. My sister had just moved and we just started pulling all the bubble wrap out of her boxes. And we sat on the couch and watched Little House on the Prairie reruns and popped a bubble wrap for hours. That is how satisfying this win last night was for me. It was like popping bubble wrap with my grandmother watching Michael Landon. (laughs) Just... So satisfying, you know, and and here's what's interesting. You get kind of towards the end of this game. The Predators are down 3-2. And 
you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know what, I can live with this performance by the Nashville Predators. This was some really good hockey, even if they don't win, like you can, you know, you can build off of what we've seen from them. And then they just tie the game up and you're thinking, now, wait a second. Are you kidding me? And then Yakov Trenin wins it with like 21 seconds left to go in the game. I mean, it was one of the most satisfying hockey wins I think I've ever seen from the Nashville Predators. It was bubble wrap satisfying for me. We just made history on the show. Uh, the first ever Michael Landon reference <laughs> in probably 30 years at this point. <laughs> the Venn diagram of like Little House on the Prairie fans and hockey fans probably has a very small center. Yeah, there, there's, there. a, there's a rash of people logging into Wikipedia as they listen to this uh, <laughs> right true. now. And my one word, I'm going to keep it simple. I don't have anything fancy, is payoff. Come on. How many times have we talked about the Nashville Predators this season doing a lot of the right things during games, but just for some reason couldn't get that win? Maybe it was just like one or two bad mistakes or one bad stretch that kind of derails everything. How often have we talked about the Preds getting a lead uh, coughing it up and sort of just losing control of the game after that and having to play catch up. How many times have we talked about that? And how many times have we talked about the Predators having a bad record despite doing a lot of positive things yes. this season? Our lesson, you know, our, our message to the team was just, hey, you know, keep grinding. There's a lot of positive things you're doing. And if you keep doing some of these positive things, things are going to turn around. Like keep doing – you know, the way they played that last period against Colorado, chef's kiss. Oh, like that's the incredible. way they should be playing all season. And yeah. that is the way that they were playing in, in a lot of games this season, even the ones that they lost. I think back to that first Tampa Bay game. Yeah, uh, I think back to but like, you know, that that second Vancouver loss or, or that Seattle Kraken loss where they're doing a lot of things right or the Arizona loss last mm -hmm. week. And it's like if you OK, but if you keep playing like that, you're going to get a win. Like you're going to start turning things around and your record is going to start better reflecting your, like your play. Right. This yeah. was, I think a tailor-made example of that. And Andrew Burnett, we're, we're going to play a quote from him. Um, actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and play that quote from him now, because this ties in exactly to what I'm going to say. Exactly. You know, I think we got in a lot of these games where we got away from the game where we didn't manage the game, where we try to score two goals in the next shift. Um, and I thought the mindset a little bit was like, there's a lot of time, you know, let's just keep doing the right things. We're going to get rewarded. We're going to get our luck. When we get our luck, take advantage of it. And um, we missed a few, but again, the growth that we just, you know, kept coming at them. And uh, maybe early in the year, we'd have, we would have, you know, let our breath out a little bit. So I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm proud of the resilience they showed and the stick to the game plan for 60 against you know, one of the best teams in the league. That is the lesson that the Nashville Predators need to take in every game. If you keep doing the right things, if you keep playing the way you're supposed to be playing, if you manage the game, not get too high, not get too low, like, you know, the Preds had a tendency to do, mm -hmm. some of these puck bounces are going to start going your way. Some of these plays where Kale McCarr, one of the best defenders in the NHL, one of the best players in the NHL, yeah. makes a very, very, very bad mistake 
one that, you know, you could probably count on one hand how many mistakes I've seen Kale McCarr make in his right. entire NHL career. It just happens to be in the last 30 seconds of a game for the Nashville Predators, and they take advantage of it. Things like that, the puck luck is going to start going the Nashville Predators way if they play the way they've been playing. And last night was the payoff of what happens when the Nashville Predators keep grinding. Yep. And I love that because so much of what we've heard in the locker room through, you know, the losing streaks and the ups and downs of the season is trust the process, like do the right things. You've got to trust the process. Philip Forsberg talked about that. You know, when we talked with him about, you know, in the beginning of the season, you were getting all these expected goals for you're getting some assists, but you weren't scoring. And he was like, I had to trust the process. Like you have to know that if you keep doing the right things, eventually you will get the payoff. So this was a huge lesson in that for the Nashville Predators. So, so happy for them. You know, they really, like you said, they worked hard. They worked hard for 60 minutes of hockey. We did get some of your one words off Twitter, which was always, y'all, y'all always are so fun. Uh, my favorite, perhaps biased though it is, is our Locked on Stars podcast friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their one word was yay, because they're battling with Colorado at the top of the Central Division. Goalie mode Liz said unique. Only this team would win a game in that fashion. Oh my gosh, they nerve-wracking y'all make it a little a little easier john m for me gets bonus points because you get gift points said unbelievable uh and the stupid seal said how and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. good fair fair yeah my favorite was from jw hood he said goonies because the goonies never say die Okay, uh, and our friend, uh, jason hernandez host of locked on ducks says to quote the avs broadcast team unbelievable yeah. Do you hear do you hear the clip that Alex Doherty uh, posted of the Az broadcast? I, did. I yeah. was like, y'all aren't bulletproof, you know. <laughs> the best the best part, I think, for me uh was it, after the Trennan goal was it, the Avs broadcaster, whoever it is, and his excited announcer voice just going, Oh no. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> the highlight. Highlight for me. It was a little Kool-Aid man yell with just the wrong words when yeah. he called that, when he called that trend and goal. But yeah, just such a great game from the Predators. A lot of takeaways from it. A lot the Predators can can learn from and grow from from this game. And one of them is, is this going to be a turning point for the Preds for the rest of the season? Is this something that the Predators can maybe use as something to spearhead a big second half of the season? That's a conversation that a couple of Preds players had after the game. We'll talk about that in just a second. Plus, one notable absence from the game last night. Oh, dear. Luca Vangelisa, a healthy scratch. What do we think about that? We'll tackle both of those topics coming up here shortly. But first, want to mention today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Sporting events like the Preds game last night. Oh, man, those are fun to witness in person. The only bad thing is you got to buy tickets to those. And sometimes... Buying tickets to anything, whether it's a sporting event or concert, uh, that can be a little bit messy. You're not sure where your seats are. Sometimes you get slammed with all of those hidden fees. Game time is here to put a stop to all that. 
Game Time is the ticketing app that wants to take the stress out of buying tickets. They have a feature that lets you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And they show you all in prices, so you know your total up front, and you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And you can buy tickets in just two taps of your phone, in just seconds flat, and you're ready to go. Game Time also always has some great deals on events like concerts, sporting events, theater, much, much more comedy shows. They have flash deals uh, that go up right to the day and the minute of the event. So no matter if you're going at the extreme last minute, maybe sometimes after the game has already started, or you want to plan a couple of weeks in advance, you're always going to find a great deal on game time. Don't take it from me, though. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time and try it yourself. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, redeem code LockedOnNHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Dan. Let's talk about uh, a big thing that the Nashville Predators fans and players and Andrew Minette kind of hinted at after the game and said, this might be a turning point for the Predators for the rest of the season. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's definitely um, a potential season-altering win for a couple of reasons. One, it shows the Nashville Predators that when you play a complete game, what this team is capable of. They are in a reset. You know, I think expectations for this team is not, you know, post game bound, but it gives them kind of that breath of, hey, you know what, we can we can make some of these games pretty darn competitive. So I think it definitely shows you what's possible. I also do think this could be one of those momentum games like, hey, we really struggled for a minute, but when we pulled it together, we got some wins. And if you look ahead at what's on the schedule, if the Nashville Predators can pull out some wins in these next three games, you know, they're playing Calgary, they're playing um, the Winnipeg Jets, and then who's the other one that they're playing? Calgary, Winnipeg, and St. Louis. St. Louis, thank you. I mean, we're talking about two Central Division teams. The St. Louis Blues are getting their groove on. Like, if you can take what you learned from this game, if you can take the momentum from this game and stack a couple of those wins, wins over those teams, you can have a turning point for this Nashville Predators team this season. I'm not saying that they're going to make a deep Stanley Cup run, but it changes how this team maybe operates and it changes how other teams view the Predators. So I do think this could turn out to be a, a put a pin in it. This could be a point in the season where you look back and you go, you know what? This is where it started to come together for the Predators. To me, it's just like an example of actually showing a team what mm. you're trying to preach. And we heard about, you know, in that first block, that great quote from Andrew Burnett that's like, look, we need to we'll calm down. We need to do like continue doing the right things and not panic. This is like one of those examples. Because sometimes it's easier to say, hey, look, you didn't do that. And look what happened. You got kind of your first big comeback win this season. Like last second yeah. comeback win. Do you see what happens when you don't panic? Do you see what happens when you keep pushing? And I think a lot of the Nashville partners just needed to kind of experience something like that. And now they know 
You know, it's like doing something for the first time at a new job. Like you've gone through all the trainings, you've seen how it works, but now that you've actually done it, you have that experience and kind of becomes second nature. And that as the predators are going to start, you know, if they can really harness this, they're going to have to take advantage of this game. That's a whole different conversation. True. Uh, but, But if they can do that, then all of a sudden you have that experience of not panicking when you're down, you know, three, one or or four, two or four, three or whatever, not panicking when you're down late. It's just like, look, you know, here's what happens when we maintain our poise. And I think that's a big thing for the Nashville predators to get that experience. Uh, And what, what else stood out to you from the game last night? I think for me, there are two players that that really stood out. First of all, we have to talk about Philip Forsberg. And I know we, you know, we've done plus minus yesterday. We talk about Philip Forsberg. And I know last week we talked about Philip Forsberg. But you can't talk about this game without talking about Philip Forsberg. Mentioned earlier, you know, kind of started the season not getting the goals that he wanted to get, it, but he stuck and trust, you know, stuck with it, trusted the process. This is what happens. Philip Forsberg has seven goals and nine points in his last last five games y'all and he's turned into you know we're now seeing the guy that we knew he was you know that Philip Forsberg I'm going to put the team on my back when things are down and I'm going to carry this team you know that top line of Ryan O'Reilly Philip Forsberg Gus Nyquist they have nine goals and 21 points in their last five games you know, Philip Forsberg is clicking on all cylinders. This was the second game in a row where he scores a goal by batting a puck out of the air. Hello, yeah. hand-eye coordination. Yeah. <laughs> like, just incredible. And I also want to give a shout-out to UC Soros because, again, this is right. a player that we've talked about a lot recently. This was just a little bit of trivia. UC Soros' 300th NHL game, which shocked me, Nick, because I really feel like he has played more than 300 games. Yeah. But he has not. But I really feel like he did such a great job, you know, uh, everybody in the locker room was like, look, there's no crisis of confidence when it comes to UC Saros. Nobody in the locker room was panicking. Andrew Brunette wasn't panicking. UC Saros wasn't panicking. But it was so good to see him get rewarded for his play in net. You know, maybe not the save percentage numerically, statistically that you would want to walk away from. But look, this was the game that UC Saros needed. And I think it's the game maybe that everybody looking at UC Saros needed maybe more than he did. So shout out to both of them, Philip Forsberg and UC Saros. They both had the games that that Nashville needed. Yeah, Philip Forsberg especially has now points in nine of his last 10, 10 games. He has goals in five of his last seven games. Uh, remember, it was just a couple of weeks ago that we're like, hey, we kind of like Philip Forsberg to maybe put the puck in the net a little bit just more. He has certainly been doing that. Uh, he, he is on fire right now. Uh, and as Alex Doherty pointed out, 80 points for Philip Forsberg in his last 82 games. That's crazy, this, y'all. It, it is, yeah, like Philip Forsberg, to me, the way he's playing, you know, it kind of just reminds me that this is a guy that would be like a top 15, 20, you know, considered a top 15, 20 forward in the NHL if the injury bug didn't just – severely sort of slash his stats down each and every year. Like he very could have possibly been a 100 point player uh, that year that, you know, Roman Yossi got 96 points. Yes. He took about 10, 15 games away from him. So 
Um, you know, it's just, it's to me, that's the player that the Nashville Predators need to get going with all the changes in the off season, with all the new players, like it's good to have Ryan O'Reilly, some of these other players, but that's the guy that the Nashville Predators need to really go gangbusters. The other thing I want to point out, and this is maybe a name that we don't talk about that much, but shout out to Jeremy Lazan and Alexander Carrier. We had talked about this on Monday's show because they were the two that were sent out on the ice against Connor Bedard in the Chicago Blackhawks top line. And full confession, people, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I stand corrected. Uh, Jeremy Lazan and Alexander Carrier, the two guys who spent the most time playing against Val Nachushkin, Nathan McKinnon, and Miko Rantanen, and really did a great job kind of containing some of the best offensive weapons in the NHL right now. So Jeremy Lazan um, and Alexander Carrier, great job. And I think everybody, you look at these lines in this game, and everybody was just, I hate to use the word, but they were grinding. Like, you know, Michael McCarron and Phil Tomasino and Cole Smith's line, like they were just not going to surrender the puck. So Mm -hmm. this was really a great team win. This was a great team win by everybody. Everybody really contributed to what the Predators were able to pull off last night. Yeah, they were they were maybe a little more visible chances for guys like McKinnon and Rantanen in this game than the. Uh, maybe the Bedard, Bedard line had yeah. last game, but I, I agree. Like, you know, Jeremy Lazan and, and Alexander Carey, uh, I think, played well. There was somebody that didn't play at all, Anne, and I think that kind of yeah. raised a few eyebrows uh, before the game. Andrew Burnett's comments on it. Luke Evangelista, healthy scratch for the first time this season. What do we make of that? It's a conversation we're going to have to have here right in just a second. First, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you are into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. They have over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, Ann, let's get right into it. What do you make of Luke Evangelista being a healthy scratch last night? Yeah, this caused quite a bit of ruckus when we uh, found out that Evangelista was going to be a healthy scratch. Here is what I will say. You hate to see it because we've seen glimpses of really great things from Luke Evangelista. I will say this. Look at Yakov Trenin as an example. Be patient because Yakov Trenin kind of hit the struggle bus where he was doing some things well, but he kind of, I think in the, in the pressure of the self pressure of I've, I've not scored yet. I've not scored yet really started to lose other little aspects of his game. What did Andrew Burnett do? Healthy scratched him. What is Yakov Trenin doing now? Two goals in two games. So it's a little bit of a reset. 
And I think the same thing is going to happen for Luke Evangelista. As shocking as it is to hear that he was a healthy scratch, I really think this is what you do with a young player. This is the right thing to do. I will say this. Luke Evangelista hated it, I'm sure. This is not yeah. a guy who wants to be healthy scratch. This is not so a guy that- A lot of the fans- <laughs> That's true. And he has a whole posse behind him saying yeah. the same thing. But I do think this is kind of one of those hard decisions you make when you're developing young players. You give him a reset. And it's not an indictment on his future with this team. It is about, you know, he is almost trying a little hard, maybe gripping his stick a little too tight. And that affects other aspects of his game that he was bringing. So for me, I'm like... You know, of course, you don't want to see it, but I think it's going to be okay. I think this is going to turn into a, a good thing for Luke Evangelista. You know, it's like taking medicine. It's not great at the time, but eventually it helps. Yusuf Parson, another example, uh, was scratched, bumped down the lineup, uh, has come back into the lineup and has played very strong. Played a, yes. Had a couple of really good plays uh, last night. So there's an example. Yeah, I mean, look, Luke Evangelista is – you know, a young player, uh, 21 or 22, can't really remember off the top of my head right now. Um, yeah. He's a guy who's still kind of figuring out his NHL game. And I think a lot of people, in especially in this sort of rebuild towards the future scenario, are kind of expecting all the Preds draft picks to come in and be like Jack Hughes right away right. Or, or come in and be like, you know, the Connor Bedard where you're on the first line and – you know, doing all this stuff and leading the team in goals and getting all these chances. And, you know, players like Michael McCarron are just going to yeet off into the sunset somewhere. Uh, and that's and that's not the reality for a lot of NHL players. And look, I, I think the big thing is here that the Preds have who they have mm -hmm. and they need to manage who they have. And if a player like Evangelista, just, you know, one game to kind of reset himself isn't going to derail his development uh, isn't an indictment on anybody's coaching right. style. It's just giving him a break. And I, I, I kind of agree with Burnett where he hasn't had that same sort of impact that he had when Tommy Novak was in the lineup. And I'll say the exact same thing about Kiefer Sherwood too, because I think right. his game uh, has taken a bit of a dip since uh, Novak went out with injury. So you got you know a young player who has had the same line mate you know, the same center for most of the season. Um, and now all of a sudden you're being asked to play a little bit different way. You're being asked to play with a little bit different of a style and maybe you're just, you know, trying to overcompensate a little bit. And this is an like an opportunity for him to sit back and be like, okay, like what, where is my role this next game? And what right. do I need to do? You know, kind of laser focus in on one thing. So, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this as some massive deal at all. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that it happened as Novak was out of the lineup, because I wonder if, you know, kind of already losing a little bit of the, the swagger, the little bit of the game that he was playing at the beginning of the season, when you're trying to get that back and then you're thrown in with a, some different line mates, this might be a really good time to step away 
Not that Cody Glass can't help him find his game again, but I do think timing wise, you know, when you've already got a player that's maybe struggling a little bit and then you put him in a situation where all of a sudden like he's playing with somebody different, that's a good time. Like I think he timed it well. And Andrew Burnett said, look, you know, I've got two choices. I can kind of help him get the reset now or I can let it go on. But if I let it go on and he struggles 10 more games, that's a deeper hole. For yeah. him to dig out of mentally. And at some point, you just have to stop and take the reset. And I think, you know, as much as everybody hates it, including Luke Evangelista, you this is what you do. This is what you do to develop players. It's not, it's not linear. Um, speaking of Cody Glass, mm-hmm. oh. Cody Glass left the ice last night. Uh, I think it was like less than 220 left in the game. Yeah, we, we didn't even get time to process it because I don't think there was a stoppage. You just kind of limped yeah. back and were like, you know, not limped, but because it looked like upper body. Upper body, He was, yeah. he was holding his arm. And I think Alex Doherty said after the game that he was, um, you know, he had like a little ice pack. Ice on his shoulder. shoulder. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's not good. That's not great. Um, This is another player who's like, look, I'm trying to get to my game. He got his first points of the season last night on an assist with Philip Forsberg. But this is somebody who was out with lower body, really hoping that the team sends out an update that this is nothing um, super serious upper body wise, but not an ideal time, you know, for Cody Glass. He's had kind of a rough start to this season with injuries. So, you know, something to keep an eye on, something hopefully the team will give an update on today. But yeah, that was like the... That was like the little downside. That was like yeah. the pit in the cherry last you night. Would, you would hate it if he missed any more time. Awful. Uh, again, crossing our fingers that this isn't anything that he's going to be, you know, out long term for. Yeah. Uh, because especially the Predators just lost to uh, Tommy Novak in the last week, too. So the Preds would be down two centers, two centers. Maybe would have to kind of shuffle some things up, and the Preds would have to figure out some decisions about what to do. Uh, I would assume you'd also probably get a Mark Jankowski appearance in the lineup uh, if that yeah. happens, just to add some center depth. Uh, so, yeah, the Nashville Predators, interesting uh, place to be heading yeah. into tomorrow's game against the Calgary Flames. We're going to have a preview of that game tomorrow, plus our last show of the week, because Thursday and Friday are Thanksgiving, and Ann and I will both be too full of food and <laughs> Uh, certain beverages to be able to coherently do a podcast. So yeah, we are taking a little Thanksgiving break. So we'll have a little Thanksgiving fun tomorrow on today's show, as well as a flames uh, Preds preview. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on X Twitter and K underscore mama on. I still can't do it. It's it's whatever at this point. Yeah. You can find me on that website at underscore NS Morgan. I guess our little things on the bottom now say, say X. X. So maybe we just call it X. Uh, anyway, you can find me there at underscore NS Morgan. Read my work at penaltyboxradio.com. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked on Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Back with an all-new episode tomorrow. See you then.